to Unshackled Leadership, a lantern for Black women. This program is produced to help women of color in leadership move from their zone of excellence to their zone of genius by eliminating any false upper limits caused by race, gender, culture, or their own inner critic. This program is dedicated to the legacy of Harriet Tubman, who held a lantern in the dark for all of us. I'm your host, ICF Certified Executive Leadership Coach, Joya Jefferson Murphy. Welcome back to Unshackled Leadership. So many of my leadership clients complain about completing tasks. They say that they have an entire list of things to do on, in their project management, but they can't seem to get through it. Now, I know that some of that is we put too much on our plates to do each and every day. There's too much on our calendars, and we take on more than we need to take on. Because if you're sitting in a leadership position, then maybe you need to learn how to delegate some of that work. That might be a great idea for you. Because as the head of your department or your entire company, you need to be the visionary and not the technician or the manager. And most of the work is not for you to do, but there are things that you must get done. So if you're having trouble completing those tasks, what seems to be the problem? Is the problem discipline? You know that the things that you are required to accomplish, but is it discipline? Is it focus? Is it anything that you can accomplish and, and rise above it to get your task done? So today's program is entitled, The Road to Your Goals. Our guest today is a dear friend, a respected friend of mine, Mozella Perry Ademeluyi. She is the founder and CEO of Mountain Peak Strategies. And Mountain Peak Strategies helps female leaders rise to the challenge. And we're going to have Mozella talk about that later in the program. But in one of her recent blogs, and her blogs are wonderful, and how you sign up to be a part of her will be in the description. In one of her recent blogs, she wrote, my husband happens to be a person who's always carved out what he wants. An ideal weight and fitness is one of his personal goals. He does not enjoy the gym. It's not his idea of having fun. What he does focus on is the answer to the question, what do you really want? Regardless of where he is and what the fitness role looks like, he makes an almost daily commitment to walk down it because it brings about the outcomes he wants. Consistently doing the right thing is not easy. A pretty hard road to navigate. And it takes discipline which Bob Proctor, and we all know Bob Proctor from The Secret, defines as the ability to give yourself a command and follow it. And she ends that section of the blog by saying, it can be lonely out there. Mozella, welcome today to Unshackled Leadership, a lantern for Black women. Thank you. Thank you, Joya. I am so tickled to be here. I you know, I was thinking early this morning about unshackled leadership, and I know Harriet Tubman is your hero, and 
and you know, I it sometimes it takes a minute to make the connection, but I just realized I said, oh my gosh, this is more than a this is not about your goal wasn't to have a podcast. You're fulfilling a mission. Mm. You're fulfilling it's a movement. <laughs> and oh, I just love the symbology, et cetera. So congratulations and and it's a uh, honor to be a part of your mission on this day. Oh, thank you so very much. Thank you so very much. I appreciate that. And I, I really do appreciate you recognizing that, uh, that this really is produced channeling the strength of my shero, Harriet right. Tubman. Because, you know, she got the gun. She got out there. She did that stuff. Absolutely. She wasn't just talking about it. Yeah. She got out there and did the damn thing. Okay. Right, exactly. And, you know, actually, to kind of back up, I mean, using your title as well as the title of that blog that you like so much, and thank you, uh, The Road to Your Goals, when you think about it, your goal wasn't to do a podcast. You know, that's hard. It's like it takes, oh, my gosh, there's just a million different pieces that you have to coordinate. But when you focused and when your attention was on what you really wanted, and that is the key, key question, what am I doing here? What's my mission? How do I go about fulfilling it? And by doing that, that is what fuels. That's what fuels your ability to do everything that it takes to get it done. And I think a lot of times we we say, oh, I want to. I'm just going to use lose weight because so many... <laughs> Of us, you know, it's just such a common, but yeah, you can reach your goal to lose weight. But if you, if, if you don't have a bigger desire, or if you haven't articulated what you really want is to have really good fitness and help, then you can gain those pounds back in a heartbeat. And yeah, so I, I, I really think that, um, that question, that's where it all starts, is what do, what you, do really you really want? What do you really it's want? It's not easy to define. Yes, yes. And in this podcast, what I really wanted was to tell more Black women or women of color about their inner critic. Absolutely. About the limitations that they have on themselves that come from their psyche. That's something born from their childhood, and they are unconsciously playing it out every day of their lives and they don't know in all the places that they're playing that out. So how do I reach more people than I have in my individual coaching or in my group coaching? How do I reach more? And, you know, it started with blog and then it somebody said podcast and I went, oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, I produced for 25 years. So the idea of producing another broadcast was not I wanted to do. I was like, oh my God, I don't want to right. play this. I don't want to write script. I don't want to time things. I don't, I don't care. But then it became, it, it was the end to what I really wanted to do. It was part of your path. It was your road. It was my road. In, in order to achieve that, you had to get on that particular road. I had to get on yeah. that road. Yeah. I had to get on that road. So I, I, we're here with you because you have a whole structure, Okay. Mountaintop strategies to help women decide, I guess, lots of things, but sure. what do you want? Right. Yeah. So tell us about mountaintop strategies and how Mountain we peak. Get that. Mountain peak. That's it. Right. Mountain peak. peak. Still. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Yes. Well, essentially, 
a lot of the women that I work with, you know how it is. We, we've got the work and then we've got our lives and we want something out of each one of them. And we don't really love the lives that we live because it is such a challenge figuring out how can I have them both? How do I create time for this one and also make sure that I'm reaching, let's just say, the achievement goals that I must reach? And I think what a lot of people want to do and fail to do is to stop. You mentioned design and sitting down and putting themselves in that calendar. And so one of the ways to do that is to really, with a blank piece of paper, is to start with what's wrong? Where do I begin? And a lot of times we think it's just that one road that's going to get me up that mountain, get me to the peak, get me to the goals that I want. Or we're climbing mountains all the time. You know, the personal goals, those are a mountain that we're on. Working with the family and the community, those are mountains. And each one of them has more than one path. I mean, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, there are seven different different uh, pathways that you can go up. And so we do have to- We're going to come back to that Mount Kilimanjaro in a moment. Okay? <laughs> so please, you have seven different paths to get there. Yeah. So in other words, even with whatever it is you want to achieve, it, you almost have to map out this is what I want. This is when I'd like to have it. How can I get there? What do I need to do on a daily basis? Because I think a lot of times, Joya, we, the goal is so big. It seems so out of reach. And then when we tell our brain that like, okay, I've got to do this by this day or this time, we freeze we freeze and end up doing not much of anything because it's, we haven't broken it, up, broken it up into the little pieces that it takes. The bite size. The bite size. I mean, it, 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 you know it's a cliche, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, but it's an elephant. It's, it's a huge mountain with a journey that it takes to get there. And I think that when we take the time to map out where we are, where we want to be, Look at the calendar. What's the time? And and really get that first question of defining what it is we want. What kind of help do I need? You know, is it a gym? Is it a counselor? Is it a coach? Is it somebody else? Then we get a we get our we can wrap our heads and our arms around the goal, the challenge, the yeah. goal. Right. Yes. yes, I know that. I've worked with women. I've been, done this myself. The whole time I'm charting it out, I need to um, go back to school or I need to study this or I need to know that uh, to get to where I want to go. But the whole time, as I mentioned earlier, the power of the inner critic says, you know, you're never going to do it. Right. That's losing weight, building a business or climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Mm. You, your whole inner critic thing says, you know, you're never going to do this. You know, you remember when you were in the seventh grade and you tried to run track and you never finished? Right. So how do you work with your clients? I know what I do with my clients, but I'd love to learn what you do when you have people who say it, oh, it's just too big. Right. Well, i tell you the first two big ones is that 
that we all want to achieve and need to achieve in order to reach wherever we want to go is to master two really very challenging things, and that's our thinking and how we feel. And a lot of times we we know, we talk about mindset, we know that the brain and what we think is important, but we tend to dismiss how we feel. And I can say that I am going to do this and yes, I'm going to get it done and I'm going to get it done by this day. But like you said, inside, whether you're talking to yourself verbally, but probably as importantly, how do you really feel about what you're saying? Because if you don't feel like you can do it, you're like, yeah, right. You you really think you can do that? You don't really have what it takes. How you feel is really what wins at the end of the day. Yes. So shifting how you feel. Shifting how do you feel, but actually thinking you know, we can think about, we can talk about our goal. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But we don't think from it. And to think from that goal is, is what, I, what I mean by that. And this is something that I grasped through different studies over the last couple of decades is when I sit down and I think about my goal and it's A, B, C, I need to just take the time to feel, oh my gosh, if I get there or when I get there, how is that going to feel? And you want to begin to practice, practice that feeling because the feeling is so powerful. Explain practicing that feeling. Sit down, close your eyes, think from your goal, think I'm there. Oh my gosh. I'm at the top of this mountain. I'm at the top of this hill. I'm at the end of the road. This feels so good. And just watch your smile break out. And it works. It really, it's, it, I don't want to get into the conscious and the subconscious mind, but really that's where part of the answer is understanding that I can say what I say consciously I need to be speaking to another part of my mind, the same mind, but another part of my mind that is listening to me and say, oh, okay, yeah, we can do that. And so whether you're thinking, whether I'm feeling something that is positive or negative, there is a part of my mind that is listening and saying, oh, that's what she wants. Yeah. Okay, I can do that. (laughs) In in my training around the inner critic, uh, those two parts of the mind Mm-hmm. are the the inner critic, which is always a wounded child. You're a wounded child for the rest of your life, okay? Right. In your casket, your wounded child is going to say, why'd they put you in that dress? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so always going to be yammering what you're not. But then there's your adult mind, the mature mind, the one that has grown up and achieved what you already have achieved or on your way to that. And so if I were to translate what I know and how I teach to what you said, it would be your adult mind would see the grand opening. The, gra- the adult mind would see you in that dress. So you could have to get past all the yammering and then get to that vision of the success. Mm-hmm. And that, as you're saying, pulls you, or I don't want to put words in your mouth, pulls you toward what you want by being able to visualize the success even if you're on stage one right now. 
Right. And feel it. You know, we use what I call a, the three H approach and it's all in your body. So you can't forget. It's no fancy words. It's the head, the heart, and the hands. Most of the times we're taught to think first about the goal or the process that we're going to use to get to it. But really the heart, the feeling, the emotions are so powerful that I really believe that if you can start with, I mean, we typically start with an idea, but if you can start with the feeling of that idea along with it, that it's really more like the heart, the head, and the hands, and the hands just representing going out and doing something about it because you can't just sit there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I... I well, starting with the heart. I mean, obviously, as you said, there's a concept. Sure. Okay, I want, uh, and I don't want to use weight. I want to use start a business, okay? Mm-hmm. Whether you're moving from a job to the business, you're just starting, you're going to start a business. So you're saying that once I say, I'm going to start a business, XYZ business, the next step should be to fuel myself in that business, to imagine it, you know, in that business. This is very much law of attraction. Yes, it is. I mean, not that I necessarily label it that because of what I'm saying, but they do say that a change of feeling is a change of destiny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think because you see, you want to start the business, but if deep inside you, and I guess you would call that inner critic, but if deep inside you, you're really saying, gosh, but it's so hard. And are you sure you want to do this? And can you, the doubt, the, you, you're taking several steps back. It really is somewhere along the line. You will be listening to what you're feeling. And that is going to dictate what you do with your hands and your feet, whether you actually go out there. And you know how they talk about being kind of full-hearted, going into it with your heart? Very, very important. And, and, and the thing that I get really excited about, just a real quick on the side about the heart, uh, as a heart math tr- certified trainer, I learned that the heart gives more instructions to the brain. You know, they've got the neurons. They discovered a whole lot of things about the heart having a heart brain, so to speak. So it really gives us a lot more instructions to the brain. And so you do want to play with that heart brain, heart head, head heart power that we have. Tell me more about the certification. Tell me more about that that learning. Well, I learned about heart math several decades ago. And you know how we've, most of us, and probably a lot of your audience, we've, we've done the books, the metaphys, you know, the power of thinking, the power of this, and the yeah. mindset, and right. everything. So right? we've done all of that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's real. But to all of a sudden find that science has caught up with what we've only heard from metaphysicians, found very exciting to be able to explain and to be able to understand what our thoughts do to our bodies. And, you know, when we talk about fight or flight, there there are so many chemicals, there's so many 
the whole nervous system, the autonomic nervous system. And, you know, not to get into those details, but understanding that you say something to me and I get really upset. All right. There's the cortisol. There's just a whole host of chemicals that are going on in, in my body. And so unless I learn how to get back into coherence, and all that really means is to have balance, you know, between what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. By the if I don't, then for hours, those chemicals are just stewing. And the only thing it takes is another email and it shoots them back up. Mm-hmm. So what I do like about the, the practices and, and the heart math training is that it teaches us how to get back into coherence. And it only takes a few minutes yeah. and you don't have to close your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, it, it's it just centering yourself and breathing. It, it is. It's yeah. grounding. It's centering. Right. It brings us in a position of power over our own bodies. Yes. When we've lost it because we gave that power away to the person, to the boss who was yelling. Right. Who was yelling and we lost our center. Yes. Like you said, it it takes only a moment. You don't have to close your eyes. I do have a three minute meditation that I will put in a description, a three minute meditation that is three, 10 soft centering breaths. Yes. And I urge my clients that after a meeting, first I'll always have gaps between meetings. Yes. The meeting ends at the top of the hour. The next meeting doesn't start until five or 10 minutes after the hour. That back-to-back meeting thing is not good for your body. Right. But I ask him to do this three-minute meditation, and it's just breathing. And from what people report to me and from my own experience, it works. Yeah, that's your system. That's your system. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly right. You can have a goal to have a great meeting and have great back-to-back meetings, but you can fail if you do not look after yourself. And, and, and that's the kind of thing you map out for yourself. And we can do that in so many different ways. But you're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to drive myself crazy here. I am going to put those five or ten minutes in. Yes. Exactly. And it does make all the difference. It makes way. all the difference. I have, you know, I have experienced in my own life and the women I work with, as you know, all of my clients are women of color who are in leadership positions. Yes. Senior managers or and above. And I'm very blessed because that wasn't my goal. Mm-hmm. I just wanted clients. And then God kept sending these women. Okay. I must, I have to admit, I have one man now. I have one black man now. And because I have three clients who said, you have to take him. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm so glad I did. He is a magnificent being. And I say to them all the time that we've been trained to mimic a work style and a lifestyle Mm. that's even killing the people who created it. That's right. These 80 hour weeks, this drive, 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 come home from work, work some more, you know, things that can wait till tomorrow, but you got to be up at 11 o'clock at night doing it. And the people who created this, the part of our culture that created this, are dying. Yes. They're dying young. They're unhappy. And so there's no reason to run into a burning house. 
just figure out yourself. I have this phrase I call sacred rest. Mm-hmm. And I am urging clients and myself that rest isn't something you squeeze in. Right. Rest is something that is scheduled like everything else. And you get to put in that sacred rest box anything that's yours. For me, it's turning my bathroom into a spa, the hot tub, the loofah, the whole aromatherapy, the whole thing every Sunday. I don't care what you need to do on Sunday. I'm not doing it with you because that's my sacred rest day. So in this heart math, is this the kind of requirement to get that chemistry to work? Or in any of your teachings? Oh, sure. I I think that anytime you can stop, you can connect even, I don't want to make it sound simplistic, but even something like gratitude. Mm. Just even spending a minute, 30 seconds, focusing on something that you're grateful for, what that does to your body is is amazing. And to kind of go back to some of the things that you were naming uh, naming just now, the bath, et cetera, et cetera, it's, that's part of your system. So you can have a goal to be this high achiever, but, and, and I want to read something because it, uh, that comes out of Atomic Habit. And he talks about focusing, not necessarily on the goal, but focusing on the continuous improvements i.e. a system that you can follow that helps you change the outcomes that you're looking for. And I'm going to quote, he says, you're left chasing the same outcome because you never change the system behind it. You treated a symptom without addressing the cause. And so if you find that you're not doing those things that are really required for you to achieve it, Look around and see how am I supporting myself so that I'm empowered and and fully present and balanced and coherent to that allows me to get the job done. Because you can't get to a point, we can't avoid getting there's certain things, you just got to get it done. It's kind of like getting your car tuned up, isn't it? Yes. You can't operate it but so long without stopping and tuning up the entire thing. Right. Yeah. We treat our phones better than we treat ourselves. (laughs) Absolutely. You're looking at the battery thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to go out. So let me quickly go plug it in. Yeah. And yet before you go out to that important meeting, you haven't plugged yourself in. (laughs) Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And, And I think that when it comes to that planning that you're talking about, you, you can you can put the goal or what you want on the top. It gives you direction. You know where you're going. But all the steps and the path that you're on, all of those things need to support you in your fulfillment of what it is that you say you want to do and achieve. Exactly. So this is probably the landings of every step in this yeah. goal, this road to your goals. Right. This yeah. every piece is here. And so... I love what you have said so far, Mozella. I love it. Thank you. And I think the heart math, and as I said, everything you need to know about Mozella will be in the description to get in touch with her, to be part of her blog. And she has workshops all over the world. And so 
you do want to join one or two of those to understand what this is. And I want to say, I want to now tell the audience a bit about you and one of the things I admire most about you. Because for your, I can say the number because you're past the number, for your 50th birthday, (laughs) you set a goal. And can you tell the audience what that goal was? I decided to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, and I did that with my sisters at 50. I set a goal, but really, Joya, every night that, first of all, you know, I chose the wrong route. I wanted to go the easy way. I'm like, I'm not a tent girl, so I'm going to go and do this other route that's meant to be easier. And it didn't work. But every night, what was I talking? What was I saying to myself? Oh my gosh, this is so much bigger. This is so much harder. How are we going to face the day, the next day? And and I really, and, and so it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, we, we didn't make it. I mean, we got to about 15,000 feet, which is pretty respectable, but it wasn't the, um, the, the peak that we were headed toward, which was 19,341. And it took me 10 years. You know, when you try something and it scares you, sometimes when you want to try again, that fear, that emotion, that feeling is so powerful that right away you're like, nope, I'm not going to, I'm not taking myself. I'm, I'm done. I'm not doing that again. But as I spent more time practicing and applying things that had already always learned, I realized, you know, and this is now for my 60th birthday, <laughs> you know, let me go back and try this again because I have better control. Remember we talked about mastery of, you know, self-control over your thoughts and your feelings. Mm-hmm. I've got better mastery over my thinking and over my feeling. I'm going to take this, I'm going back, and which I did. And it was now a years. Sorry? You spent the 10 years yes. in between mastering. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I guess sometimes, even if, even if I didn't need the entire 10 years mastering, I had to figure out, now, you remember how hard it was to breathe up there? Why would you want to go back? And we do need to ask ourselves, why do I want this particular goal? It's got to be because we will identify the why is, is more powerful in our hearts than in our heads. And at 60, I had some, I mean, apart from my age, it was also a celebration. My father, we had moved to East Africa 50 years before And I was actually in Tanzania as a child at 10. My mother kept a travel journal. Mm -hmm. And so I was able, so we were, we planned to summit. The whole trip was around being on top of the mountain on the day that my mom said we first saw Mount Kilimanjaro when I was 10. That was a feeling that was so, you know, so it fueled me and Every day, it was a nine-day trip up and down. And every day, every night, I I just, I could see us up there. No matter how much we were struggling through the day, I saw us up there and I was happy and I knew my parents. Yeah, so that was it. 
That's a beautiful story. <laughs> Thank you. And it goes back to what we said earlier in the show is that you have to know why that's your why. Right. And you had a why that wasn't just ego. You had right. heritage, a lineage why you needed to be there on that day, 50 years later from your first site of Kilimanjaro. That is amazing. And we can tell you, tell the audience why you grew up in West Africa. In East Africa. In East Africa. Well, it goes back. Now, Harriet Tubman says, every great dream begins with a dreamer. Yes. My father's, not goal, but my father's dream, this is a desire that this 13-year-old boy, I don't know where he got it from, who he was listening to, what he was reading, never asked him that. But everyone knew that at 13 years old is when everyone started hearing that this young teenager wants to live and work on the African continent. Now, at 17, my dad had my brother. My mom was 19. Mm -hmm. That could have easily have been a, I don't want to call my brother an obstacle, but that could have easily had derailed. a reason. Derailed the dream. Right, to derail and say, oh my gosh, no, I can't. He finished high school. He went to university. And when he was 33 years old in 1962, the whole family moved to Uganda. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's, it's just one of my favorite stories about the power of a dream, the power of holding something. I mean, there was no way at 13 or 14 or 16 that he was going to be able to have that dream come true. And he didn't need to know how. You know, how is a very important as a book. I love this book. I love the title of it. The answer to how is yes. And so often we say we want to do something. And then the next thing is, oh my gosh, how am I going to do it? Well, just start with yes first. Feel your yes in your heart. If you truly want to, if this is a desire, this is a want, then down the road, not too far down, but down the road, you can begin asking that how question. He never even, I don't know whether he, at what point he asked himself, how am I going to accomplish this? But the steps that he took, yeah, he, he still had the desire. Yes. And so the how, the means came to him. When he was in university, he was always doing volunteer work with the YMCA. And, you know, in his yearbook, we see him leading pictures of him leading meetings. And it was the international YMCA that ended up taking him over to, uh, to Uganda. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. As you know, I've had the same coach for 30 years, Ken Kaiser. And yes, and I'm still with Ken Kaiser. And I have, so the coach has <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yes, 30 years and or 32 years. And he says, you set your intention. You set the goal. You set the vision. Yes. And how is none of your business. That's right. You get out of the way a lot of times. Get out of the way. Or listen and obey, you know, whatever it is. Surrender to the next message. The next message will tell you what to do. That's right. Where to be, how to do it. You're not going to have to sit there and contemplate sitting on the side of the bed. How am I going to get there? 
Just right. be clear about what you want. Set the intention. Right. And there's an energy force that will have it unfold in front of you as long as you stay clear right. about what you want. Right. And identify. That's right. Your mind 15 times, the energy is going to sit back and go, wait, I'm going to let you settle down. (laughs) When you settle down, I'm going to put the energy behind this. So the father is a perfect manifestation, a perfect example of that. Just have a clear vision. Right. Have a clear vision. And our home base was on the uh, between East and West Africa for 18 years. 18 years. So yeah. that's your home. That's where you grew up. Yes. Yeah. I know that you have friends that you had. You met way back then. I know. You reconnected. And one of them, thanks to you. Yeah, thanks to you. <laughs> that's a long story. That was a long much. story. And that was a that was that was miracle. That, it was. that became miracle. Yeah. But that, she wanted to find me. You know, it's we have all of us. Your listeners, everyone can think of something that where they put their heart energy into it mm-hmm. and it came to pass. Yeah. It came to be, you know, I really, and that want is so deep, you know, it's, it's bigger and deeper than, than the goal, so to speak, right. than what you say about it. Right, 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 right. Yeah. You'll be going back to school to get a master's in this and the positive psychology and all of that I went to do. I did it at a senior years, in my senior years, and people mm-hmm. did say, people who love me dearly, you're going back to school full time? <laughs> and you're actually still going to run your business? Yes. And you know all of this all the time already. Why would you go do it? And there was something for me about the credential. Sure. I needed to know, I needed to have the credential. So I'm not just giving advice. I didn't want to be a mentor. I wanted to be a formal coach. And when I set that goal to do it, everything unfolded for it to happen. Yes. I mean, desire. Deep desire. Yes, you want desire. I made the decision. I emailed three schools just to set up a call. Wow. And at 11 o'clock that night, I get a phone call. And it was the president of one of these schools saying, I saw your email. I see what you want to do, but you have to register tonight and you have to start tomorrow because the executive coaching class only allows you to come in late three classes. And the third one is tomorrow hmm. or, or you can wait a year. Yeah. And I said, okay, you acted. I sat up. <laughs> it's 11 o'clock. <laughs> I sat up, turned the light on. I can. I, I still can re- imagine I answered the phone to some number <laughs> I don't know. Sure. And so I sat up, got my computer. He told me who to write to, the, the teacher. Tell her you're coming to the class. Mm-hmm. Talk to me and hear how you pay the money. I woke up the next morning and there's a note from her and I didn't know who the hell she was. <laughs> I was like, and what is she talking about? Right. I was like, oh, wait, wait. This happened at 11 o'clock. By 10 o'clock the next morning, I had forgotten it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was the best thing that happened. Right. It was a great right. school for me. It was a great program. It allowed me to go outside of that and get more trainings and right. all of this. And 18, and I didn't want to stay 18 months. I did the whole thing in 11 months because I was driven. I knew what I wanted. Yes. Also, know I have the attention span of a gnat. <laughs> so Eighteen months was not going to happen. But but see the process. 
you know, we were talking about heart, head, which way you start. Well, I don't know if it really matters, but the bottom line is once you set that goal and that intention, you immediately put your heart into it. You I had did. I saw it there. I saw yeah. it. I right. saw it. I saw me coaching people. I yeah. saw it. And I'd already been coaching people. Mm-hmm. I coach people, but I knew I was only doing it at a medium level. I knew sure. I could up the game. Right. I knew that I could make a difference on another level with the training. Right. And it was my heart did get into it because I could see this. Mm-hmm. I could see this. I started practicing saying it. Oh, hi, I'm Joya Nuri. I'm executive leadership coach. I'm PCC. Yeah. I'm one of the highest credentialed. And I, was, I saw it. Yes. And every day when it tortured me, <laughs> I the book reports <laughs> every day yeah. when it tortured me and it tortured me. Pretty much every day, <laughs> pretty much every day, I kept seeing it. I kept sure. seeing it. So that's exactly what we've been talking about here. Right, exactly. That's your thinking from it, you see. Right. Exactly. When you think about it, sure, it can drive you nuts. Yes. As it tried to do. <laughs> it did. But when you think from it, right. you just set out the next day and do what you need to do. Just do what you need to do. Right. I need to do. My mm-hmm. daughter, India, is an organizational person. So she helped me organize my schedule. It's like you said earlier about pulling the people who can help you get there. Right. You know, and so um, I, I did that. And. I would like for I like I would like for everybody who hears this podcast to start to move into their heart as you've been saying. Yes, to move into their heart with their goals. And it may not be something so personal like I want to lose weight or I want to be a coach or I want to do that. It could be I'm the head of this division. Right. And our strategic plan means that by December I have to have X Y and Z. And even if it's just that, it, you should make it personal. Would you advise that? If the goal has to be something that's not personal to you, how do you make that your heart? Well, I think when you embrace your team, and especially, I mean, if it's just you alone, but if but you got to pull your team along with you, I think when people identify with something that they know they're going to be a part of. They just, yeah, absolutely put your heart in it. You know, help them to see the importance, why we're doing this, and almost make, a lot of times when I've gone to workshops, I have them drawing mountains Mm -hmm. and putting whatever it is, whatever the project is, put it at the top of that mountain. And then everybody has a role everyone's role is important and there's nothing more important you can do for your team than to help them to understand just how important they are. That's when they begin to produce from their hearts because you're touching, you're, you're, you're touching them in a very different way. And I think so often people are not satisfied at the jobs because nobody appreciates them. It's sometimes it's down to just, they're not appreciating me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm not important here. So 
yeah, I think we can get to the heart of the matter with everything. I love that. I want to I want to paint a scenario here and get your take on it. I know a lot of people get jobs and they walk into them. The staff is there, okay? The malaise is already there. The I'm just here to get paid is already there. How does that new leader help make that shift to them feeling like they're important and get to the heart of them? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it comes to how you run your meetings, how you speak with them directly, how you communicate within a meeting and one-on-one. Sometimes just the questions that you ask people, you know, it's so easy to have somebody walk through your door and say, well, do you, do you have it ready yet? You know what? Well, hello, Mary. How's the dog doing today? You said that he, you had to leave early to take him to the vet. You know, sometimes you can take just a few seconds to let someone know that they matter. And they're probably, they might go out and tell the rest of, gosh, I can't believe she asked me about my dog. (laughs) Remember. (laughs) Yeah. I think helping being human, (laughs) bringing your humanity, bringing your heart. Some leaders struggle with that themselves. You know, they, they need someone to help them learn how to lead with their heart, lead with their heart. And in a way you're really managing people by learning how to manage your head and heart, your own head and heart. And let that be in what, you know, how, how you do things. You come from that place of coherence and respect for both of them, the logic and, and the feeling. Brene Brown talks about that, and I want to bring her up because a lot of leaders don't want to be vulnerable. And by me caring about your dog, right, they open the door for you to ask me, do you have a dog? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people don't want to reveal their leaders, leaders are leaders, and that goes back to the cultural training of what a leader is, and a leader is separate from everybody, and they're just commanding people. Strong and not weak. Strong and not weak. No heart. I can't tell you if I have a dog, right? kids, or any of that. Yes. So in that situation, if you have a leader who comes from that, I think you said it already, about that leadership, has that leader has to be trained. Yes, in the space, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Because essentially, even the leader gets some kind of feedback. And if they really want to be a better ABC, whatever it is that they do, if they want to improve their outcomes and their results, then they need to start with themselves. They need to go out and and learn and understand even why. Why do they have this, I'm so important face and way of operating in the office and your people are not as productive and, and they aren't performing to their fullest capacity. And some of it is 
because of the way you lead. Yeah, yeah. Or how your second layer leads. Because if you're CEO, sure, you got senior vice presidents or whatever your organization calls right. that. So we'd be, even if you have the heart, it would behoove you to have everybody on the next level who actually touch the people have their hearts. If their hearts beating. Right, right, exactly right, yeah. exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It changes, it really does change everything. I'm not saying it's instant miracle. It takes time and it takes people a time to relax and realize that. In, in, in fact, it changes the, the culture. They want to please you. They want to get the work done. Right. They want to be a part of this team that's, and you know, a lot of the big companies in, in the past, nobody was talking about heart Mm-mm. and emotions and feelings and e- emotional intelligence. But now it's, it's like everybody's speaking that language. And isn't that wonderful? Yeah, it is. It yeah, is. Maybe our grandchildren yeah. grow up in a world where that kind of drive, drive, locomotive right. is not a part of their lives at all. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 My grandpa. Some people are like, I don't want any more money. I just want to be treated best. I want to be happy. I want to be happy. Yeah. I want to live a life. Yes, exactly. My grandson is three years old and is in a preschool that has 45 minutes a day of meditation and yoga. Oh, my. At three. See? Yeah. I'm like, oh, how beautiful. That's right. How beautiful. So yeah. the way he becomes the corporate man, the entrepreneur, will be totally different. Absolutely. Than the, us now. That's right. You have to relearn it. You won't yes. have to unlearn it to learn right. something new. Yeah. Right. right. Mozella, it has been so fabulous having you on this show. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed our conversation, and I hope everyone listening is enjoying it as much as, you know, the, the point is, is and, and even as we have been speaking, it's, I'm hoping that everyone is, yeah, yeah, you know, you have your own ahas, because ultimately, I, only person I can change is myself, mm-hmm. you know, that's it. So no matter what's going on out there, no matter all the challenges and the ugliness the way in which I receive it, observe it, and how much of it I allow into my space, how much it affects me, and even if it does affect me, I still have to come back to centering and grounding me, myself. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I enjoyed this time. We did it. We did it. So if you had, now we've talked for nearly an hour. So if we had, if you had a way to, if you had to give the listeners a piece of advice about the road to goals, to your goals, what would that be? Just share that, please. All right. Well, let's start with the road. Realize that you have choices and it may not be one particular road. You may have several paths that you have to navigate or it might be choosing ABC as a choice as opposed to XYZ. So realize that you have some choices around the road that you choose. And then to your goals, realizing again, think, don't just talk about what you want to do, but feel it. Talk from your goal. All right. And then 
also incorporating some of the things you, well, a lot of the things you already talked about, not just about the goal, it's not about this that I want to achieve, but it is the systems, the process, the habits that I have. What do I need to change? What do I need to bring on board to support me in reaching this goal? Very good. Was that your one, one, <laughs> one more question that you sure. When I got out of this conversation with you, which was beautiful, a reinforcement that I have to lead with my heart. Yes. One bit of nugget. What would be your summary to the audience about leading your goals, leading first from your heart? Well, what I would even suggest is go on to heartmath.org. They've got a bunch of free practices. And even though everybody has their practice, whether it's prayer, whether it's reading this, whether it's yoga, whatever it is, it helps to learn a way of connecting to your heart when you're in the middle of a maybe a very challenging meeting, when you're in the traffic and you're running late. I think it's a very powerful practice to add to be able to figure out how I can center myself in the moment. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mozella Perry Ademayuri, thank you so very much. I said your last name wrong, didn't I? No, you did. Oh, Ademi Louis. Don't say that. Nobody knows. <laughs> no, I've known you over 30 years. I don't know how to pronounce your name. It's you do. You do. It's of being on air. <laughs> so forgive me and, for, and, for, and to the audience. I want to thank you for being here. As you all, we've been talking about Harriet Tubman. She'd be pretty proud of us today. Well, you certainly cast a light. And I, and I, and I love what you do and applaud it. And you just... Keep going. Thank you. Like she said, keep going. <laughs> Whatever you hear on the app, keep going. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Thanks again for joining me here. And on thank you for having me. A Lantern for Black Women. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Unshackled Leadership, A Lantern for Black Women. I hope you were inspired to make a change in your life. I want to acknowledge the outstanding work of my sound engineer, Chris Downing, of Dream Life Media Group, graphic designer, Dominica Eldridge of Unique Creatives, and Victoria Cook of Next Level Marketing. Our theme music is called Morning Thoughts, It is composed and performed by Hotham of HothamMusic.com, and we found it on SoundCloud. I'm Joya Jefferson-Nuri. I hope you will join me again. Mm -hmm.